There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. This week we have another guest, and it is not some policy wonk, as <laughs> someone left a comment and said, I'm tired of the policy wonks coming onto your podcast. Um, no, in fact, we have um, fellow parent and musician, Jesse Cohen from Tan Lines. Tan Lines, uh, you might know if you pay attention to the credits at the end of the podcast, they are responsible for the music for Manic Rambling Spiral. And Jesse is one, is one of the two in the band. Jesse, you play percussion and keyboard, right? That's right. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I play keyboard, percussion, and then, you know, in the studio, we all do a little bit of everything. But I almost never sing or play guitar, which are the main things that Eric, the other half of Tan Lines, does. And you guys have released two major full-length albums, correct? That's right. The first was called Mixed Emotions in 2012, and the second was called Highlights in 2015. And then you just released an album for kids. That's right. We did a children's, it's an EP, it's five songs, it's five like classic kids songs that you already know, public domain works like Row, Row, Row Your Boat, um, in our style, like with synthesizers and with Eric singing and guitar and uh, yeah, it was just like a fun record that we decided to put out for our kids and for other parents who are struggling to find children's music that will not drive them crazy, <sighs> which is a huge challenge. The struggle is real. Yes. Yeah. It's for little kids. It's for like, your kids are probably much, much too old. It's like for zero to th- three or like whenever they discover frozen and moana i would say they they age out of if you're happy and you know it well i john you saw something didn't you didn't you read something together was it yesterday yes about him about two stay-at-home dads having a ton of free time on their hands yeah you guys you've gotten some press on on the new record and someone and it it was a good it was a good write-up it was a positive write-up but one of the comments that irked me as a dad was along the lines of now that you both have kids and obviously have a ton of free time as stay at home dads, you needed something. Uh, to yeah. Do. I saw that. That made yeah, me want to throw that, my phone to be. I mean, yeah. It's not exactly this wealth of free time. I know it's a, it is like a classic misconception that you can like work from home and like have your, you know, baby or little kid with you. And like, those are actually the, you know, the hardest things some of the hardest days are like when you actually have something you have to do because as i'm sure you both know or you know possibly still remember it's just like the second you plan for something is that's gone like that time is, <laughs> oh, yeah. you can just throw that away and i'm t- i'm tempting it right now because my 2 year old is like napping upstairs and 
I think we have a schedule locked in where like he's asleep for the next couple of hours, but I'm sure today will be the day that he decides to like wake up and like not go back to sleep. So we could have a fourth guest is what you're saying. We could, <laughs> we could. Yeah. So you have a son who's two. I do. That's right. And you stay at home. Yeah. He, when he was born, we were still touring um, off of highlights. It, it was starting to slow down anyway. Um, he was born in October, and I did some touring while my wife was on maternity leave, um, and then she went back to work at around four months, and I took over. Um, it just it was one of those things for us that wasn't like our, necessarily our plan. It just sort of lined up with me being the one with the flexible schedule, and also being up for it and you know um two years later here i am i mean now our schedule is a little bit more mixed um i have a sitter one day a week and my wife is usually off on fridays so it's a little bit more of a balanced schedule but it took us a while to get here um, but i've been with him yeah a lot that is a lot did, did you find it I mean, did you find it easy? Was it an easy transition? Was it like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, how did you find parenthood? Um, you know, it took a while, like the, with like a four month old, like there's a lot of, you know, it's just kind of juggling. And like, I gave myself like a long rope to like try to figure things out and like, you know, get him to drink milk from a bottle was like, our first challenge um, and napping and like those really basic things. So like uh, several months went by before I started to like think about my own identity again, I guess. Um, and, you know, I guess the chat, like the challenge has, for me has never really necessarily been him. And like that has gone fairly well. Like the challenge has for me has been largely about, um, you know, figuring out what my identity is now. Um, I've been having challenges. It's actually the second year is a lot harder than the first year with, with a toddler I found to be, has found to be a lot more challenging than a little tiny baby. Um, but it's hard for me to separate the challenges of parenting with like the challenges of being a parent in this time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so like, I can't tell if I'm having a harder time with having a toddler or if I'm having a hard time because I've been in this for like two years now. And you need a break. And I need a, I need a break, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is a very real struggle. Once they, once they become mobile, it yeah. really changes the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you think, you know, before I had kids, I used to think, oh, if, you know, if I could start with a two-year-old, I would. Because, like, the baby stuff, like, it seems to be more about bonding with the mom. And I'm not sure what I would do during that time. But, like, now it turns out, like, I love, I'm like a baby person. Like, I, I love that. And, like, I want another little baby. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Heather and I have been talking both on the podcast and off about how there is this inexplicable change that occurs after you have a child. And it's something that is completely impossible to grasp beforehand and then completely impossible to explain after it occurs. And that it sounds like that's sort of what you're, what you're experiencing. You know, you thought one thing and now you've realized it's completely the opposite. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
definitely for like the little baby time, I got much more out of that period of his life than I expected to. Um, I thought it was really that time was just going to be like, you just, you know, you have this totally dependent thing blob and your job is just to like keep it functioning. Um, but I, I really loved that. I really love that. I felt it was like a lot more than that in terms of my expectations. I mean, you know, they say like, there's never a right time to have a kid. There's never a good time to like become a parent. And I think that that's kind of true, but I also think that you, there is a time, like if you're, the more willing you are to give up parts of your identity, I think the more ready you are. So like I had kind of stopped doing a lot of my going out and like I was like working as a musician and like that was my, I wrapped my work and my entertainment sort of schedule into the same boat already. And like when I was home and not on tour and not going out, I was like happy to be home. So like in that sense, like I was somewhat, I think, prepared and ready to for this role that I now mm-hmm. play. And you said that you're finding like, are you, are you struggling to find your identity as a parent? Um, how that all fits into the, the larger scope of who you are? Is it like, are you struggling with that? Now I, yeah, now I am. I mean, now it's like, you know, I got through like this first year or two years, like he's going to go to school soon. And like, I kind of like anyone who like takes time off of their job. I'm like, looking up and like fig- trying to figure out like where I fit in outside of this, uh, outside of my nest here. Um, mm-hmm. I put a lot of stuff on hold and stopped thinking a lot about things. And like, I stopped using a lot of my creative brain and my adult brain. You really like, you spend a lot mm-hmm. of time just with a little child or with other little children and parents and doing the like parent talk and like, there's like a huge part of my brain that I just like haven't been using. And I'm start like, I realized that early on. So like, I've taken this time to like meet with people, like every free chance I get, like I go and like meet with somebody who works in music and to see, to like learn what they're doing and to work on my own podcast, which is um, something that I do also. And I've tried to flex that part of my brain, but like you don't really use it if you're not, I mean, it's not the same as like, having a full-time job where like that part of Mm -hmm. you is being used, you know, you're flexing that part of your brain and your identity like all the time. So it's, that's been kind of a struggle, especially with the band too. Um, Yeah. Because Eric, Eric had a a baby recently, didn't he? He has a one year. Yeah. He's about a year behind me. So that sort of kept the paternity leave for the band going for sure. Longer. Um, than it might have otherwise but yeah so he's in the same he's he's in about the same exact position that i am just a bit further behind and so are you guys on indefinite hiatus or i don't want to say indefinite hiatus like it's very hiatusy like it's it's very much so um this kids album was like an idea that i had for a way for us to like make something quickly make some use our creative brains, but also like create something that is like a hundred percent reflective of our lived realities right now as like stay at home dads, which I think is like a very good place to start creatively. Like when you're making something that's totally reflective of like your lived experience, like that's a 
great starting point. Um, whereas if you're writing songs, it's like it's a mishmash of like your experience, like your influences, like just abstract ideas. Like um, it always comes somewhat out of your reality. But this was such like a concrete starting point for us to do like a kids record of we don't even have to write the songs. We just have to write the music. Um, so that was a way for us to like work together quickly with like totally different stakes, like totally different um, set of expectations than we might have if we were like trying to start up the engine of tan lines after taking all this time off with all of these new questions in our heads. Mm-hmm. I should probably mention here, look, I came to know tan lines in 2012 when you guys released Mixed Emotions and it came up on a recommended list the music service was called RDO. I don't know if you oh, yeah. are familiar with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I discovered the album then and completely, I mean, you don't really binge listen to albums, but that's kind of what I did. Um, and loved, 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 loved the sound, especially the song None Such, which I put on uh, my my year in list. It, it made like, it was like my my second favorite song. Um, there's something about none such that reminds me, um, of a specific Janet Jackson song from the eighties, um, kind of a sentimental one. Um, and was it, somebody told you guys that the mommy blogger had written about your song, right? Yeah, I, well, it came up, it, I think it was my sister, um, (laughs) who's a, who's a big fan of yours, Heather. And she was like, she's like, this is a really big deal. And I, and I looked at it and I was like, wow, Yeah. And I remember, like, at the time, like, I was like, she has more followers than Pitchfork. And I I was like, this is an incredible way to reach people. This is, like, it was really, like, an eye-opening kind of um, form of exposure for us that was, like, totally Mm -hmm. new and really exciting. Like, when when you do music, like, you're always trying to reach people who, like, don't read about music. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... For us, that was like always a huge goal, and so seeing that um, you sharing our music and like talking about what it meant to you as somebody who you know whose audience I imagine is like outside of the music um, space was like we were very excited about that, and so excited at least that you guys followed me back on on Twitter. Oh yeah. And then, so this is this is the fun. This is one of the funny stories. You guys were touring for the second album, and um, I saw that you guys were coming, and I was like, "I'm coming to your show. I can't wait." And you're like, "Oh, you know what? I'll put your name down. You know, and if like anybody else you want to come to the show, I'll put your name down on on the on the list." Yeah, we didn't have uh, Salt Lake City. Never been there before. Never played there before. Like you could have had our entire guest list to yourself if you wanted it that night. And so I think I'm direct messaging with like the social media manager for tan lines. Like I think I'm, I'm communicating with like a, an 18 year old, like as like intern and you guys played on a Sunday night and I was with my friends and you were like, is there any place to get a good, you know, any, is there any place to eat in this, in this town? Not knowing that Salt Lake city closes down on Sunday because of the religious aspect. And uh, we had just gotten a pizza and we were, her her apartment was like right around the corner from the venue and i was like well we've got pizza here if you want to come have a piece and i'm thinking that an 18 year old intern is going to show up (laughs) (laughs) 
it when it was you? Like, I literally almost shit my pants. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and my friend, my friend could barely speak. She was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was like, I, I've been speaking to Jesse this whole time? What? <laughs> yeah. That, you know, we're, we're, we are not of large enterprise <laughs> but we have our we're involved in every part of this and that so yeah the, of course that was that was me it never even occurred to me that to identify myself um yeah clearly that was very funny and, and then i, I, hung- I, I honestly thought that you were being coy about it i thought like oh i'm just gonna surprise her i'm just gonna show up and it's gonna be me <laughs> no you had to explain the your i i remember how um it was like a strange meeting because you were processing that you were, yeah. were expecting somebody else and i didn't you had to really explain that to me because i it never occurred to me to even you know identify myself like i'm just so used to the um scale and size of our operation and like how in you know hands-on we are about everything and like that it the idea like that you had this completely different idea of us um it would never really cross my mind well, is it always you on Twitter, or is it sometimes Eric? Do you do you primarily run it? I yeah, I run okay. it. Um, I took a lot of time off actually. From I haven't figured out Twitter Twitter in like 2017 or 2018. <laughs> so like I've taken a big step back from 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 that. But um, yeah, that that was always me. And I believe that night you actually told me you were like, yeah, my my wife is. It's your wife or your girlfriend? My wife, yeah. Your wife, yeah. You're like, yeah, my wife is pregnant and we're going to get into the whole parenthood thing. And I was like, oh my God, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I spent that whole tour like, you know, modestly, moderately freaked out, I would say. Um, (laughs) Came back and had three days to like pack up and move my whole apartment. And Hannah was seven months pregnant. And yeah, that was, and the tour was honestly, it was half good half really hard um you know it was that was a yeah that was a strange time yeah what's what's hard is it is it just physically rough you can get i think you can get used to the schedule just like i think you can get used to like any schedule where it's like if you tell yourself this is my job like you know there's this is just the it's a strange schedule i think you can get used to that. i think i could do that right now like the hard part about touring and this is actually similar in some ways to like having a small tiny child to take care of is like every day is kind of the same schedule like the parameters of your day are the same like you wake up you drive you you know you sound check you play a show you go to the hotel or whatever but like on any given day you don't know how each of those components is going to be so like the day you think the show is going to suck, like it's the best show. And like the day you think, oh, it's an easy drive, like something's going to happen on the drive and like you'll be late. And like, it's just like, that's the maddening part about it. It's like a combination of really predictable and really unpredictable. And mm-hmm. that's very hard to like get used to. And that's also like why I said it's like, you know, having a small child. It's like his day, my son's day, like they're pretty routine at this point, but just like, one day, you know, breakfast is like a nightmare. And then like the next day it's completely fine. And like, it's just, it's, that's like part of the maddening thing about being a, you know, a parent to a, to a small child. And that was one thing that was hard about touring. It was also like, it was just like 
a lot of the shows were like not great. I don't know. I mean, it was fun. We had a band on that tour and it was really fun playing with them. And like you find ways to like have fun playing a show, even if the, there aren't that many people there or whatever. But like, yeah, it was sort of, you know, it wasn't great. It just wasn't great. There were like the sellout shows and like the huge, the big crowds were like kind of few and far in between. And like, we were just starting out this album cycle and like, it just wasn't feeling great. And, um, it ended up being fine. Like we got to go back to a bunch of cities and play bigger venues, but things were sort of, things were sort of slowing down. You know, the momentum of the band was like shifting a little bit. So it was, Mm -hmm. that was hard. I actually, so I saw you in Salt Lake City and then you guys didn't play none such. <laughs> yes, you, that's you right. Didn't play, you didn't play none such in Salt Lake City, but I had a meeting I had to take in New York and it happened to be the days that you were playing. I forget what the venue was, but it was in December of 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there, the meeting got canceled, but I had already booked the trip. And I was dating a guy who lived in Manhattan. I had to be, he, he didn't want to introduce me to his children just yet. And I completely understood that. So I stayed out of his apartment and just wandered around New York City until the time of the concert. Hmm. And um, I texted him and I said, the concert's starting. Are you going to be here? And he was just like, I've had the longest day with my children. I am not coming to a concert. <laughs> and mind you we're in a long distance relationship and i have just flown across the country to see him and i was i was so hurt and i stayed for most of the show and then i just started bawling like i was just i was in a really bad place and i was i just started i wandered back to his apartment in chelsea walked back (laughs) you guys played none such in your encore yeah (laughs) that i missed (laughs) yeah and and just think about how the we what a missed opportunity for like an incredibly emotional uh, impact for a song for considering what you're telling about your state. We really, we both missed an opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) The relationship did not work out and that's one of the reasons why. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gathering that. I, yeah. There's no grudges held or anything. No. Two and a half years later. Except for, Missing, maybe missing that sounds like is still <laughs> on your mind. Well, me dating someone who doesn't want to come out and see like one of my favorite bands, it's a red flag. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And so your son was born soon after that, right? Yeah, he was born in October of 2015. So, oh, so he was, oh, so you were touring still? Yeah, we were still touring when he was born. And, so that show in December, I think that was Webster Hall that you saw us at. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he was like a couple months old. Yeah. I kind of wish I had done more touring during the during my wife's maternity leave. I mean, it felt at the time like kind of crazy and hard to do. But like in retrospect, I think we probably could have handled like more of that. Did it feel like a almost like hitting a wall going from the the pace of touring? I mean, I know you said that there's similarities in terms of the predictable unpredictability of it but it it sounds like i mean you you toured into her maternity leave and then went on hiatus and became a full-time yeah a full-time dad did it feel sudden that shift it did um also i should say like 
part of that was because like we sort of expected that we would be touring a bit longer, like doing more like weekends and like festival stuff. And like I said, things were kind of starting to slow down and like we didn't, we had a few offers at like going through the spring, but like it kind of was a combination of like our choice and also not our choice at all. So like I was kind of hoping and expecting to, like sort of taper this edge by like touring and then like doing some weekends or like a three, four day, you know, jaunt here and then festivals and like sort of, you know, yeah, taper that um, transition. But like it happened real quick. And so we did a few things like after I took over and like booked a few random gigs and like, here and there doing stuff but like it ha- it's the band slowed down and also you know once i was like being a full-time parent you know like the we we weren't just like up to do anything so like right the opportunities that we weren't just like let's go here let's do this like find us a gig here to our agent it was sort of just like we were like looking for like g- good you know opportunities and offers that we wouldn't like lose money or break even on and like yeah it just wasn't it just had kind of slowed down and it was a it turned out to be like a pretty abrupt transition for for me how was i mean did you experience sleepless nights during those first few months yeah of course i mean yeah i mean that's the other thing like i was saying like you can get used to any schedule and i think you can at least or i should Mm -hmm. say i can i i think i can get used to any schedule like i so you know, the beginning, like a newborn. Yeah. It's like just kind of chaos. And, um, but we had, a, we got lucky. Like our, my son is pretty much a sleeper. And like within a couple of months, he was like kind of sleeping through the night and we got pretty lucky with that. So this schedule is still like totally different than my life before I had kids. Like I haven't set an alarm in like two and a half years. Um, and, but, you know, yeah, it my schedule changed a lot, but like it, that wasn't that hard for me to get used to. I think you're spot on with the way you describe it, though, relating it to touring, that it's it's super predictable with this layer of unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And as horrifying as this might be, that actually doesn't go away. Yeah, it kind of. <laughs> I was afraid of it. It, it yeah. changes, but it. It stays the same. I mean, both Heather and I, our days in a lot of ways are very, very, very routine. And sometimes you fall into that and think this is great. There's a routine and then some disaster occurs and everything is completely thrown off. And then you settle back in and then the same thing happens again and you yeah. just never know. Yeah. I was afraid of, I was afraid you'd say that, but I can already, I can already see it. Like the challenges are like, now becoming like emotional challenges like mm-hmm. whenever you get used to like any particular set of things like it's just going to be something else like the the parameters will change and I, I see that already how old are sorry but tell me how old um your son is my son will be 14 this month okay yeah i i don't know <laughs> i mean i i i have like nephews but like i've learned since becoming a parent that like no one cares about your nephews or nieces like parents don't like they're like that's great you don't really know because that's your nephew but i'm glad that like you have spent a few moments with a child that age (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, in a sense, yes, but I think it's, you never know how to handle a given age. And then suddenly you're halfway through that age and you realized you've been handling it and you still don't really know how you just have. I mean, I don't know, Heather, you're like a month into 14 now. People always talk about how, you know, parenting doesn't really ever get any easier. The problems just get, are just different. And there are days, so my oldest daughter is 14 and I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> So she's going to forgive me for when, what I'm about to say. But there are there are times where I'm like, is this, is this, would I choose this over, you know, the tantrums at, at three years old? Because this really, really fucking sucks. Because this problem right now that I'm dealing with is really, really, really goddamn hard. Was it harder than when she was throwing tantrums? I don't, I don't think it's necessarily harder. It's just different. It's almost like which problems are the ones you like better. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think it's it's the it's harder so much as that I think when they're 2 and 3 the tantrums they happen and they they're done. But as they get older the problems just take sometimes take longer to resolve. So it's not yeah. just to sit down have a conversation or or get over this one hump. It might take a few days and it evolves and the emotions change and so it's it's just totally different. The stakes, it sounds like the stakes are a little bit different at that age. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you even said now that like he's too, he's like showing a lot more emotion than he was when he was just a little blob, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I am dealing with, I'm, you know, his emotions are in, in my care. <laughs> I have mm -hmm. to be very, very careful. Mm -hmm. My approach, like the the book, the like the, I have this, my parenting book, like I have a couple ideas for parenting books, but not that I'm actually going to write them. Um, I'm, these are just ideas. I'm an idea person. Like my follow through is kind of a problem, but like I have a, my, I'm an idea person, but so like the, but the, but my approach, like with him when he was little, like the book is like how to have a second time, have a, how to have a second child the first time around. Like mm -hmm. I met all these second time parents who like, you know, I met so many people out there here in Brooklyn, like walking around with a little baby and like the second time parents just like, they couldn't be bothered with you. Like they didn't have time for that. Like they, you know, they were involved and they loved their children, but they're like not hanging over them. They're not, they don't seem to be that worried about anything. And like they have sort of, I feel like project less anxiety on their children than a first time parent does. So like for me, I always, my, like my thing I've been trying to focus on a lot is like, I think for a lot of the issues and things that you go through, like trying to figure out like how to be a parent, like I think the anxiety that you're projecting and surrounding your child with is usually more damaging than whatever the thing you're worried about is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've tried to sort of carry that mentality around with him and like, that was kind of fine for a while, but like now, like, yeah, we're into this zone where like, he's like a, you know, a person, an individual with like feelings and like, I'm not, it's not something I'm anxious about. It's just more of just like, how do we like get along with each other? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Like I would spend so much time when he was a baby, like, trying not to worry about doing things right or doing things wrong. That's the mentality of someone who's like separate from their child who's in their care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just mm -hmm. like looking at this thing, just staring at me. And like, <laughs> now that he's two, it's like, yeah, we're like sharing the space. My joke that I tell people is like, 
I used to have a baby. Now I have a roommate. <laughs> like that's the difference between two and one, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, that's, yeah, that's, that's hard. My follow-up book is how to have a, how to have a first child the second time around. So like when you have your second kid, how do you not totally ignore them? How do you give them more of that attention that like you would give your first child? Interesting. So that'll be my next challenge, hopefully. Well, you you have tons of free time now, Jesse, so you can write those both. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, yeah <laughs> that's, that's so true. I, I totally read that and I totally thought the same thing. I was like, this is a person who, who doesn't have, who doesn't, hasn't lived this life. Exactly. Yeah. That goes, it sort of goes to my, um, the book that I want to write about divorce mm. um, called Marry the Person That You Would Want to Be Divorced From. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Because uh, I actually once said that to a person at the gym here in Utah, and it was the wrong thing to say. Mm. <laughs> we are never going to get divorced. Just because you did doesn't mean that I am. Um, right. You know, it, it's but it, it, but it, like you said, there's all this stuff that you learn after the fact that you wish you'd known before, and like just chill, just chill out. Yeah. Well, and you you mentioned early on, and I thought this was a really interesting way to put it, and probably because it's just been so long for me too since my son was that age. But you said several months went by before I started thinking about my own identity, and that's a really that's a really interesting way to put it. I mean, you do essentially put all of yourself. You put all of yourself aside to give all of yourself to someone else. And you do kind of lose sight of, of who you are. And I, I bring that up because I think it's interesting with this new album because you're, you're, taking, you're taking children's songs that are very much your son, but putting your own identity on top of them with, with very tan lines of sound. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like you've... I mean, it's like you've you found your identity again, but now it's it's permanently shifted. Not that you'll continue with children's yeah. songs, but it's it's made a permanent impact. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I it it that is you know that is something that feels good, like to actualize your self in a way creatively, where it's like how I yeah I'm a dad and I spend eighty percent of my time with my two-year-old but like i'm still a guy in a band who has these tools and like how do i combine those things to create something that's like very um reflective i said as i said like of my of my experience and reality and like it turned out it was like you know fun and you know not that hard to do um and i think the record is like the fact that you hear it that way like i like we eric and i like made this and we were just like this is better than it needs to be you know like (laughs) for what we want to do like we're like pleasantly surprised they're like this is good stuff like also like so that was one part of it was sort of like a creative exercise and and an exercise in like utilizing all sides of our identities as both full-time dads and also as musicians and like that felt good to do that um you know then the other side of it was just like responding to a kind of like need and like something we talked a lot about about like music for kids just sort of being a wasteland and asking ourselves like why is rafi like still popular like 35 years later and it's like the answer seems to be that like parents can tolerate the sound of his voice there's something about it's just like his nature that's like tolerable like it's fine like 
I would never choose to listen to that. But like, if I my kid wants to hear the wheels on the bus, like that version is like not grading. It's fine, you know. So like, that's a record that I can I think of as like seventy percent for kids and the thirty percent for adults. And like the majority of like kids kids music, I think is like closer to like ninety percent or more for kids and zero mm-hmm. to ten percent for adults. We're like, maybe we can try to make something that's fifty fifty. Um, and that was sort of a more sort of practical way about looking at the creative challenge of doing this. But I should also say that like Eric and I both feel fairly strongly that we don't want to play in front of a room full of children ever. So <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's the that's that's the limit of like merging our identities. I would say, um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I've met lots of local like musicians that like are doing great work um, performing for kids around Brooklyn, and they seem to be making a pretty good living doing it. Um, but it's just I don't think it's something that we would be great at. So um, it's not something that we really want to do. I would love to do like a theme song for a kid's show. Like that would be a great um, result from this project. Oh, you guys um, would be great at that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd love, I would love that. Um, but it was really more just like do, seeing if we could do this thing, do it well and knowing that like their parents will appreciate it. Oh, I could have totally used this 14 years ago. My, <laughs> I put my foot down and you know, I let my daughter watch I let her watch Barney. <laughs> uh, I let her watch the Teletubbies and Dora, and those songs are like the, those songs are like cancer to the brain. Um, but when, whenever we would drive anywhere, like children's music was off limits because <laughs> I just didn't want to kill the family by driving the car into a tree. Um, <laughs> like I, we only listened to like adult music. Period. Like, I could have used this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what some of my friends were saying. Like, they were asking me, like, well, why don't you just, like, your music is already pretty kid-friendly, or, like, why don't you write original kid songs? And, like, I thought, like, a couple of things. Like, one is that, like, you know, cool parents, like, they play, like, adult music for their kids for as long as they can, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you play the you know whatever reggae or light rock or like whatever you're into that's like kid friendly that you also like for a long time but at a certain point like your kid is going to come back from daycare or school and you're going to be really excited that like they know the words to old mcdonald had a farm like you're gonna like you want to play the hits you know it's just like being in on stage it's like you want to play the songs that the people know like that's what feels really good and people really respond to and so like that was one thought was like yeah we should just like do these songs that kids already know that's what they want to hear um and if that works and we're you know this thing is something people want more of like we'll write some songs we have ideas for songs but that was the thinking there and and yeah you're totally right like i just did a four-hour drive alone with my son this weekend and like (sighs) (laughs) and uh you know we listened to my music for a while but then at some point you know i needed to throw on um you know some kid songs he was just asking for it over and over again and so Mm -hmm. we listened to the same stuff over and over again (laughs) it's just yeah yeah 
It's rough. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. John's son is actually, a, isn't he a Tan Lines fan? He is, yeah. It's interesting because I think it was back in 2012 when you found Tan Lines and shortly thereafter shared it with me. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to it. And my son immediately latched onto it. He still listens to it. And he is at school right now. I love that. Incredibly pissed off that I'm talking to you because he said he has so many questions. And he asked oh, if he could actually come home. I, I told him, Did, I, do you I told know? him to write them down okay. for me. And then I would, I would send them to you. So I'm sorry but that I put that obligation on you, but he was no, very adamant. No, for sure. <laughs> I would I I would love to know what his questions are. I'd love to do my best to answer them. Oh, he he would he would love that. He was so jealous. And it was interesting because when when the new record came out, I put it on and of course he's he's almost 14, so row 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 oh, your boy. boat comes on. Oh boy. And no no no, but it was interesting cuz he recognized the beat and he's like, "Why are you playing this?" And I didn't say anything. And a short while after the lyrics come on, he goes, "Is this is this tan lines? I said, yeah, it is. They're doing kids songs. And I stopped it. And he said, no, no, you can, you can leave it on, I guess. It's fine. And listen oh, to the boy. whole thing. And he didn't complain. I mean, I don't expect it to be a repeat listen, but the fact that he, he knows your music, identified it, and wanted to hear these songs that are clearly targeted at a younger audience, I think says a lot about how you spun them. Well, that makes me feel very good. It makes me feel very good. And also, like, I'm kind of, you know, he seems to have an, be like a pretty open minded um, listener. And I appreciate that. I'm worried, I guess, about the, you know, maybe 17, 18 year old who's like, <laughs> these guys, they used to be cool. They used to be good. And now they're like doing this. Why are they doing that? But also, I, I appreciate he recognize that that tells me that he, is a good listener and that you know he has a ear for sound and and vibe and he connected it that's really good yeah no he got into it the good news i think is that um because of me being insistent about listening to my music in the car um my 14 year old uh i she has an apple account i use spotify she uses apple whatever i don't care um And I know we're taking money away from artists, but I I go to the shows and I buy merchandise. So oh, it's okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very like just listen and tell your friends. Like post about mm-hmm. a, us on your blog, and we'll be happy. <laughs> and uh, the other day, she said we were on the way to school, and she's like, "Can I play a couple songs from my playlist?" I'm like, "Sure." You know, hook up to the Bluetooth, and 
oh my God, my kid has great taste in music. Like I was like, who is this? And who is this? And she yeah, who is she listening to? Oh, um, I don't even know. It's just like, she's like, well, Apple said that I would probably be interested. It's like Discover Weekly on Spotify. Wow. So there's all these artists that I've never heard of with this incredible sound to it. And I'm, so I started take, taking notes and I'm going to put them on my own playlist. And but she's a musician, right? She plays? She plays piano, mm-hmm. begrudgingly. But she's <laughs> she's so good at it that I'm not I'm not letting her quit. I get a lot of varying feedback about that from people who were forced to do piano lessons during their childhood. Mm-hmm. So many people have said to me, I wish that my mother had not let me quit. But her <laughs> talent is really, really, really apparent. She's very, very good at it. She just doesn't like to practice. How would you feel if she wanted to be a musician? Oh, I would love that. I would love for her to go to in, into any part of music. Is there a competitive part to her, like... Do she do recitals or competitions? Yeah. So a requirement from her teacher, it's called federation. Mm-hmm. Um, and twice a year, she has to play in front of judges and they basically judge how well she played the pieces. Yeah. How do you um, feel about that? Um, She, well, that's the part that she loves the most is, hmm. I mean, it's really hard getting to that day because the pieces that she plays are really, really incredibly difficult. And I'm assuming um, this is, it's classical. Yes. Yeah. But, oh, really quickly. So she she loves the accomplishment of playing in front of the judges and getting the feedback from them because it's always like 100%. It's always been, this is the most amazing piano player. She's she's awesome. She's graceful. She feels it. She's the best person we've seen today. Like, she, and so my, my, like, she loves that part of it. And this weekend, she downloaded a song by Keen, I think, off, off the internet. And printed it out and I came I was walking the dog and I walked inside and she's like I'm sorry I used your printer without your permission and I'm like you don't need to apologize I was like what are you doing and she's like well I found the sheet music for the song that I love and I was like this right here is what I want you to do mm-hmm. this is what I want you to do I want you to find the music that you want to play and learn how to play it that's why I'm, I want to give you the talent mm. or at least bring out that that talent in her did you take piano lessons by the way I did and and, and my parents let me quit <laughs> um I, you know it sounds like she has a gift that um i don't feel like i ever had or i never honed um and i can't you know necessarily relate to um she sounds like what i would describe as like a real musician um and i you know recognize that like i'm also a real musician as someone who like lives off of being a musician but you know that what you're describing like i never either could have had the natural ability to to pull off or the discipline to hone um Mm -hmm. and that gift is like you know it's incredible and i you know i i'm just kind of curious like it's i've talked to on my podcast like i've talked to a lot of people who have like come up through either music school or came or did competitions and like that is a very foreign concept to me just like music and having like any sort of competitive nature or being graded Mm -hmm. on it like it or being it's i've totally from the kind of punk diy background where it's just like it's cool to make stuff like you don't need talent like you just make a thing and if it's good and you put it out there 
you know, put more energy into like the emotion or the vibe behind the music than the craft of it is my setting. Um, But having said that, I wish that I had spent more time um, honing whatever gift or talent that I have, because at a certain point I was like, there's a, I'm like, I wish I had these skills and tools and like that I had never really refined. And um, I think we would have really benefited if we, if I had had, if we had had a little bit more of that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's nice to hear you say that you love her to be a musician because that's one of the last things I would want my son to become. (laughs) (laughs) So so really quickly, her father, her father took lessons um, throughout his childhood and all the way until he left home for college. And when he got to college, he joined a ska band. Yeah. And he was he like a ska band that actually toured with No Doubt in the, right. in the 90s. And his parents were furious. His parents were so angry that he was using his talent that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sort of the opposite. I'm sort of like, I would love for her to take this innate talent that she has and, and make a use of it. Yeah, it sounds like she's at a crossroads like where yeah. the right sort of influence or outlet if it hap- if it comes to her or she finds it at the right time like she can really own this gift and like turn it into something that probably satisfies an additional part of her identity that's like emerging right now and that's i hope that that she finds that yeah me too but you wouldn't want your son to go into <laughs> no. no no and 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 now i'm truly becoming my parents when i say that um, there's no, not even any hesitation my, when you say that either it's just flat no no yeah i mean you know i just it's like you know it's 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 just i want him to do music i want him to love music you know it's just i don't regret the choices that i've made like organizing my life around being a musician um, but it's just a, you know, it's just a difficult path. It's like so many things are, you know, either not in your hands or if they are, it's just, you don't realize that they're in your hands when they are. It's just, it's a tough, it's just a tough life. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it can be a tough life. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, for him, like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm like a, I want to be an architect or something like where you're just like, got to keep on building. It's creative and it's like, you know, you can always apply it wherever you live. And I don't know. I'm, I'm truly becoming my parents as I say this. Um, it, I really feel that way. Um, but the, I, doesn't, isn't that natural? Like, I, I, I mean, in some ways, sadly, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. But even your your career as a musician, I think the influence that that will have on the music that he listens to will be invaluable. I mean, I know even with with my son and Heather, you probably experienced that too. Like, I can see when he start started to make his own choices with music, mm-hmm. the I could see the influence that what I listened to had on on his choices. I mean, he he listens to everything from daft punk to rage against the machine to matt and kim and i mean his he just picks this random stuff but he always has a reason for it like there's always something about it maybe there's a a line he really likes or a beat that he really likes or something about the song and every time he says he talks about it 
I just, it, it's an awesome feeling to know that I kind of contributed to not only shaping it, but to helping him find a path in music and what he likes and why he likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Because my parents listened to nothing but Anne Murray, Dan Fogelberg, and the Bee Gees. That was it. That was <laughs> it. That was my entire musical upbringing. And I really didn't discover music until I got to college. And I was like, God damn it, there's a lot of stuff out here I didn't know about. <laughs> like, I don't think I knew who Jimi Hendrix was until like I, you know, I got to college. Seriously. That's how bad it was. Yeah, but on the flip side, Heather, like my parents were, you know, hippies in the 60s and 70s. And like, they, so they had like pretty, they gave, they passed me like pretty decent reference points. Like... But that was just like my parents' music. Like I didn't want to listen to that. Yeah. Like I've, you know, sort of just like threw that out. And like years and years later, I was like, oh, I get Bob Dylan now. I guess like he's he's good <laughs> at making songs. Like I just had completely thrown that out. Um, but I do think some of like the core principles that I just like absorbed by being in a house with like decent music influences around me like persisted. Yeah. So it it just sort of takes a while to get back to it. Um, everyone, but like part of like becoming a young person who cares about music that I think is essential and it might not be anymore, but from the stories you have both told me, I still, I think it is, is like discovery, like feeling like you discovered this song or artist and like is such an, a crucial part of forming that connection with the artist. Um, mm -hmm. Whether you are discovering it yourself or whether it's like Apple suggesting it and it connecting, or even if it's like the old days where it's like some, you know, cool older person lets you listen to something. It's like, there's still that moment of discovery where it can, the song or the music or the artist connects with you connect with it on like an emotional level. That's like essential. It has to be self-driven. Like, everyone has had the experience where like someone sat you down and was like, listen to this song. It's amazing. And like, put it on and then just stares at you while you're listening to it. Oh, it's yeah. like, that's the worst way to listen to music <laughs> that there is. Like there's no worse way to listen to music than that. So that's what, and the reason that is such an awkward experience that everyone has is because like the best way to listen to music is that like feeling of discovery when it connects on your own terms. So mm -hmm. whether or not like you get it from your parents, like I am fortunate, I think and ultimately because like I got pretty good, values and influences that just like i said seeped in which is but still i had to go through that process myself of like discovery that was exactly my upbringing with music with my parents and i rejected it all for the exact same reason yeah because, and it was in hindsight it was excellent music but it just mm -hmm. wasn't because they listened to it and that's one of the reasons i think like we have such clear like generational music that like in, in this country or where around the world everywhere it's just like every generation like goes through a thing where like the older people are like this is this isn't real music it's because it's like it has to happen in your time like in your way and that has to connect to that sense of discovery for it to re have real mm -hmm. emotional resonance and like once that window closes, like you can keep that window open for a long time. Like you can keep that open mindedness and window open. Some people can keep it open their whole lives. But for, I think a lot of people, it happens between, you know, adolescence and, you know, maybe the extended adolescence or whatever, when like you are just wide open story. And that's 
you know, for a lot of people, unfortunately, that like that window closes. Not you, Heather. Like you're discovering tan, you're discovering tan lines, obviously, like um, well into parenthood. Um, yeah. But you're the you know you're the. I think I I imagine that you're exceptional in that way. Well, I music is a huge part of my life. Back to a point you just brought up when when Prince died, I took it very very, I took it very hard. I I was in the kitchen and I was like, Lita, you have to listen to this song. You have to listen to this song by Prince. And I was like, I turned, I turned on Purple Rain and I'm like staring at her. She's listening to it and she's like, okay. And I'm like, this is Prince. This is Prince. And she was, she just didn't get it. She didn't get it at all. It's yeah, it's the worst. And when you're yeah. making music, like, uh, and like you're working on a record, like, there's going to be those times where like the label guy comes over and like you got to play it, and you all sit around in a room and like play something. Like you can feel like it's a very real thing that like music sounds different with different people, and when you're putting different expectations on the person, you're asking for something from them. Like all of those fa- that's to me is like the magical component to music like the part you mm-hmm. can't identify like it just like listening to purple rain that day playing it for your daughter and it not connecting was probably the worst purple rain has ever sounded to you <laughs> like <laughs> it just it just is you're just like this something's missing from this song that i care about like it's there's a real magic to it like it sounds different depending on who's in the room mm-hmm. you know what and and you can hear it through their ears and it's like one of the things i've learned from from being a musician that like i'm i i'm very grateful like i've gotten the chance to like experience and think about and like understand because i really believe that like there's like that's the that thing is like the magical part that you can't describe about music well it isn't it also like it's who's there but it's their in what their intention is of listening to it. And I'm, I'm saying this from a place I'm obviously not a musician. I've never done it, but I imagine, you know, clearly you have a career as a musician. So that's, that's your livelihood. But when, when the record guy comes in to listen to the songs to a degree, he's thinking, can I sell these? Are these going to sell? But that's not, it's not that every time you sit down to write a song, you're thinking, I wonder how much the song is going to make. Like you're, you're writing it from a very different place but sitting in a room with someone that you know is listening to it from the business standpoint is just totally different. I mean, he might love it, but you also know that he he's loving it for a very different reason. Yeah. Um, you know, that's definitely true. And like it, you know, it's, it's great when everything like lines up where it's like, this is a, you know, where it's like, this is a great song. We feel about it. Great. Amazing creatively. And also like, we think people will like it. It's easy to sell to people. Like that's great. But like, that's very hard to do. <laughs> so like you don't think about that when you're writing songs. Like there's part of your brain. I, I think when, once you're like a professional musician, like, and you're not like a pure artist type musician, which I would never describe myself as where like, you're thinking about your audience and you're thinking about people who've never heard you. And like that stuff's all in there. But like, I don't think most musicians are thinking if thinking about, just you can't just think about that and expect to also be like creatively fruitful Do you know what i mean right you kind of have to just like rely on the creative part of you and satisfy that because at the end of the day like that's all you really get like you can't control whether 
people hear your music or if people like your music or where it's going to go. So like at the end of the day, like all I really get to have some control over is my relationship to the work. And so you revert to that place. I think just instinctively when you're like making music, you're just like, just make something that you want to listen to or you feel strongly about or says what you want to say. And if you do that, well, you know, hopefully it will connect with people and people will buy it or whatever it is, or people will love it or people will share it or any of those things that can come from that. But at the end of the day, all I really get is, you know, like I said, my relationship to that uh, piece of music. Mm-hmm. So to come full, cir- full cir- circle, sorry, mm-hmm. today is one of those days. So are you guys thinking about expanding your family? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's definitely. Defi- mm-hmm. I want to. Mm-hmm. I um, that's, and so is my wife. And I think we're, we're headed down that road, hopefully soon. And does Eric want to expand his family as well? I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to say for him. I mean, I, I don't, I've never heard him say no or yes, particularly. So, um, it's definitely possible. Uh, John and I talk about this uh, quite frequently where we were like, we don't miss those days. <laughs> nope. Which days? The, the, the days of strollers and all the talk about baby carriers and yep. bottles and nap time and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No part of you. I mean, do you see a little baby? Do you want to like hold it and like, you know, I want to you... hold it and I want to be able to give it back. Real yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have I have yeah. plenty of friends and family that have small children and I I love them to death but it's nice to to love them for an hour or two and then and then move on and I think especially I mean my son is almost 14 so it's been so long that yeah. I know there was a lot of good and a lot that I liked about it but I also know that there's a lot of good now that's very different so I just don't have the desire to to go back and I think that's why a lot of people have kids a couple years apart because they're kind of in the same zone yeah exactly i'm I'm, that's exactly what i was thinking like i'm still i'm at this place now where like i see like a newborn i'm like that seems so easy like you can just (laughs) you think it's hard but like you know you can go out you can do stuff it's easy you just like bring this little thing around and like i'm like i miss those days of having just like a little baby um Mm -hmm. so i'm still like i think you're right i'm like still totally in it and I can still relate to it, and I'm, and so yeah. So now's probably a good time. Yeah, now's the perfect time, I think. If you're, if you're, if you're jonesing for a baby, ah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I remember honestly, at like two months, when he was like two months, I was like, let's have another. I'm ready right now. And my wife oh was my like, God. My wife was like, are you like you? First of all, don't have to carry and give birth to the <laughs> child, so there's that. Um, but also like, chill. Um, and then once we got to like a year. And it's things started to get kind of hard for me. I was like, okay, let's wait. And then we got to like two years. I'm like, okay, I do. I'm glad I don't have a little baby right now. Yeah. Um, but I imagine I keep imagining that like, oh, you know, three will be different. Like he'll have figured some stuff out, and like he'll, you know, we we can have a baby and and him and. But I I I'm I'm told that like two and three aren't that different. So Mm-mm. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other the other big arching question is, and I mean I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but 
will there be a another another original tan lines album in the future <laughs> yeah i wish i had a concrete answer for I'll you take a maybe um maybe's okay <laughs> definitely de- definitely maybe okay. like in a, like the oasis album <laughs> like the uh, oasis album <laughs> yeah definitely maybe it's just right now it's very hard for me to um and we're like an hour into this conversation i can be totally honest and not that i haven't been before but like in terms of like work and career and the band and stuff i we haven't really gotten into that until now it's like the thing that i'm really craving in my life is security and stability and i know that sounds like the you know kind of classic like had a kid you know trying to like buckle down but also like you know my wife you know has held down you know a full-time job and she she likes it and she's happy but like i would like to give her the chance to have the flexible schedule for a while mm-hmm. um and i'm not you know applying for jobs or full-time jobs or anything but like when i think about the next couple of years like that's the thing that like i'd like to turn my experience as an artist and like talking to artists and understanding artists and like work for artists inside of what i think is a rapidly changing music industry and i want to help create an industry that is more artist friendly than the one it's replacing like that's the that's the emerging passion that i'm starting to feel in my life i'll always have music and like so long answer to summarize though in terms of like to answer your question of will there be another talents album i think that there will be or could be at some point in the near future but like i don't see myself organizing my whole life around making talents music my career in the near future so like interesting that makes sense. yeah like doing this ki- kids record was like a way to like make music put it out no stakes you know like that felt really good for me right now um whereas like the sec the follow-up album to mixed emotions highlights when like there was like i was focusing really hard on like growing the band and the career like felt pretty bad and like mm. i don't want to be back in that place right now i want to be in the place where i'm like making music creatively from a creative place and also not having to like put all of my um organize my entire life around selling that right making it purely for the love of making it yeah i mean so i'd like to be in a place where i can do that (laughs) um and also like have a place to use my experience and my creative brain and like my adult brain which would be you know maybe something some sort of role outside of just being a musician so that's that's what i'm that's what i'm leaning towards in terms of what i'm looking to do in the next year of my life that is incredibly self-aware yeah to to know that about yourself yeah i mean that's talking to me after like two years of like one year the first year like i said we started this conversation take it full circle like the first year i didn't think that much about myself and like but like the second year i've like intensely when i've had the time and effort to like think about like what's next for me so like that and that self-aware answer didn't emerge completely out of a va- it wasn't pre-naturally self-aware it was like after like sort of a year of like working this out and like talking to people and like starting to do some um consulting and like things on the side that like i feel this way mm-hmm 
Don't tell your son that answer. I was. I'll, I'll keep that one to myself. Yeah, I will. I will not share yeah, that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, the answer for him is the short one. The definitely maybe. Definitely Just maybe. Say definitely maybe. Yeah. He he actually likes Oasis, so it'll work out really well. Great. So we can find the kids' album on Spotify, on Apple, all the Every, streaming services, right? Everywhere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you can buy everywhere. it from us right. at on Bandcamp, if that's a place that you're comfortable using, that's a. Mm-hmm. That's like buying it at the merch table. Bandcamp is, um, I've used it. So for anyone out there who hasn't heard of it, it's it's easy. Totally worth it. But in, in all honesty, like I'd more important to me than just like spending five bucks to buy it. Like just share it with like kids or like parents, new parents. Share it with those people because like that will just take it a lot further than mm-hmm. that's 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 more important to me than anything else. Yeah, of course. And do you want to do you want to plug your podcast? Please do. Sure. Yeah. The show is called No Effects uh, with Jesse Cohen. And I talk to musicians. It's a long, it's also a, you know, manic rambling spiral of (laughs) music talk. Like the section of this where we're talking about music is what the show usually is, you know, with different artists. So like I've had um, members of The Strokes and Vampire Weekend and Tegan and Sarah and Lots and lots of musicians that you probably know. And we just sit down for an hour and we talk about what life is like being a working musician in 2018. And the show will be coming mm-hmm. back in March. Um, it'll oh, be, good. yep, it'll be up from March through June, um, the, the next season. Awesome. Perfect. And we're, we're, that's, it's available on iTunes? Wherever you're listening to this Wherever. right now, you, I really, believe and hope that you can find my show also and it's worth looking at we have people some of our listeners reach out and say we love the podcast do you have any recommendations on other podcasts so to anyone listening to this episode no effects is totally worth checking out it's excellent thank you and they've only got like 100 episodes to catch up on before the new season starts yeah yeah exactly (laughs) We cannot thank you enough for joining us today to talk about this. I was so excited because we had thought about reaching out to you to talk to you about fatherhood. And then you sent me, you're like, hey, guess what? I put together a kid's album. And I'm like, wow, this is perfect. This is the perfect tie-in. So thank, thank you, you. So much. I, And I told you mm-hmm. this privately, but like I really was looking forward to this. Like I haven't really had an opportunity much to talk about the last couple of years of my life. And that's one of the hard and isolating parts of this as I'm sure every uh, parent can identify with, but like I was really looking forward to this. I really appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Yeah, this is thank great. Thank you so much for your time. That was amazing. His He's perspective. Amazing. It, it's honestly, it was great to hear from someone who, who is still in those very young years. And at that point of re-identifying with themselves, as weird as that sounds. Well, he's only a couple of years younger than I am. Right. So he's yeah. like in between us, and, basically. Okay. Yeah. And he's going through this for the first time. You know, he's going through those first steps. And it's always it's always interesting to me to hear um, older parents. Not that he's an older parent. But not in his young not, 20s or not mid-20s Not by today's standards. Something. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear their perspective about those those early days yeah um and i think it's adorable that he likes babies that was awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that was jesse cohen from tan lines so starstruck by him um 
Like, I'm still trembling. I'm a little nervous still. That's why you I were, couldn't form words. You were well composed. <laughs> it was good. It was all good. You have no idea. When he walked in and I thought that I was going to be seeing the social media manager for Tan Lines and it was him, I literally lost my shit. You te- I remember you texted me. And <laughs> it was, was, so it was something totally casual, too. And then that was inserted yes. into the text. I mean, I'm across the country and I lost my shit for you. So honestly, yeah, it, it's, it's all good. So if, if, you, if you guys have, see, I still can't talk. So I'll, I'll take over for a minute here. So obviously, okay. definitely check out the new album. Check out both of their, uh, their, their album for 2012 and their album for 2015. Whether you stream them or buy them, it's well worth a listen. And it is all kid friendly. So bear that in mind. That's, all, that's always great. And if, if any of our listeners who are not completely star, starstruck uh, have anything to add or, or any questions or any thoughts or you, you know, listen to the kids' album and want to say how amazing it is, definitely reach out to us uh, via email, as always, which is stories at manicramblings.com or on any of our social networks, which would be Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Manic Ramblings. And we should probably also direct them to tan lines on twitter because even though jesse says he yeah. hasn't figured it out they're pretty damn good at twitter so you can find tan He's lines on twitter. twitter at tan lines pretty simple and also when you google like if you're like hmm, i wonder what this band tan lines is and you go to google and you hit the image search <laughs> yeah definitely include the word band when you search for tan lines or you're gonna get some different images <laughs> oh man Okay, well, until next time, definitely maybe. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.